Welcome to the Global League of Women, also known as The Glow. We bring together the female voices who address critical issues, stories, and thoughts that affect every aspect of our livelihood, from business and health to politics and personal struggles. My name is Lisa Wang, founder and CEO of The Glow, and I believe that stories are the catalyst for change and storytellers the unsung heroes of our time. Change begins with women who have the courage to speak up and challenge the status quo. Are you a woman who's redefining the narrative? Join us. We need your voice. The first time I met Courtney Daniels, she showed up wearing a designer jacket from Egypt with prominent bold letters stitched on the back that simply spelled out women. And immediately I knew we would become fast friends. Over a couple glasses of wine, we quickly moved from talking about business to boys, and she revealed to me a story that only a few close friends actually know about. A time when she found herself spiraling into a toxic, abusive relationship full of unbelievable lies that almost cost her her entire life. But here's the thing. Most people never knew. Because to the outside world, Courtney is a powerhouse. She's an active investor, has her own consulting firm, is a secret weapon for a number of Fortune 500 companies and startups, doing everything from marketing and sales to PR and fundraising. But even though she was thriving at work, while she was in this relationship, she was falling apart inside. This is the first time that Courtney shares this story publicly, and we hope that you will find strength and courage in her story. This is my story of a relationship that caused me self-hatred and self-doubt to then take a beautiful new form of strength and power um, to become one of the baddest businesswomen I can be. Um, it all began in the Hamptons, like only the best shit shows do. I was at Talk House, glanced over to see this handsome man with beautiful eyes and a kind face, so I thought. I approached him, which I normally don't do, and said, hi, I'm Courtney, as simple as that. We started talking, got a drink, and then never left each other's side for the rest of the summer. He was perfect, brilliant, charismatic, handsome, funny, successful, and one of the best dressed men I've ever seen. He was perfect on paper, working as a hedge fund owner, an American from New York, but he had been living in London 10 plus years. It was love at first sight. We spent the rest of the summer at the beach at his home in East Hampton. The summer came to an end in September for Fashion Week, and he came back into the city with me to see my world. And two weeks later, I arrived in London to see his. In London, his lifestyle was beyond my imagination. I felt like a princess, but everything that was so perfect, um, and I was so in love. Um, but then there was one big red flag. On my first night, I was putting my clothing you know, away and I reached into a drawer only to pull out a bloody thong, an age on provocateur thong to be exact. Ew, disgusting. Um, I stormed into him and in the living room and said, what the hell is this? He calmed me down and responded, don't worry, baby, she's dead. Naive Coco, that's my nickname believed every explanation, washed it down with a bottle of French red and stayed. 
The next day, he surprised me with our first lavish weekend getaway to Florence. The next year was a roller coaster, trips around the world, and all night Skype sessions. It wasn't all paradise, that's for sure. There were many fights, tons of tears, rages of jealousy, him disappearing for days at a time. Um, at some point, I said I had enough. I should have stopped that, you know, at that point for good. He begged me to talk, to talk, and say he even said he even got engaged at one point to get a reaction. I finally said, "Okay, you've got two minutes." He called to explain I moved back to New York. I took an early flight back from our Basel straight to East Hampton to see him. We could finally start a life together. At first, we were happy and content. We were back and forth together from the city to East Hampton on weekends, except there were always secrets, many of them. He had no money and refused to open a bank account. He explained Brexit had to do with this. He also, you know, had no phone. There was no cloud. There was no pictures, nothing. But he explained that he was building a new fund, and this was this was just the tip of the iceberg of the stories that just went on and on that could explain everything. I became Mama Bear and was confident that this would be temporary, thinking that everyone goes through things sometimes and we all need a little help to get back on our feet. Besides, we were a team. Another year later, nothing had changed. My company at the time was booming. I expanded and also moved into a beautiful new Soho loft. We, he said he was proud of me, but there was always a mask of jealousy and envy. This is when things got really ugly. Uh, he started turning me away from my family and friends. He wanted to know my whereabouts at all times. He would scream at me when I was late coming back from a work outing. Um, this is the person I admired, loved, and respected, and now he was Jekyll and Hyde. Um, it was physical, it was mental, it was emotional abuse, um, and he was a total monster. I began gaining weight and not taking care of myself. I was eating and drinking heavily to fill the void. I was erupting and yelling at my family and friends whom I had left. And sometimes I was so upset and consuming probably so much alcohol that I would just be vomiting and over and over and over again. I would stay inside for days and not shower. And I was paranoid in my own home and outside I thought I was being followed. When I found out the web of lies, including his religious beliefs, <laughs> is like a pretty big one. Mm -hmm. It was the last straw and this was over for good, the three and a half years. Um, and I locked him out of my apartment. I had that feeling at first that the weight was lifted and I was relieved and, you know, even happy. And then, you know, the sadness and shock sets in and I was so mad at myself. And how was, how was I that stupid? How was I that naive? I spent six months beating myself up emotionally and physically and just going through this anger and pain um, until then I just didn't anymore. Um, and this, this really just serves and, you know, what I wanted to share, this serves as one of the biggest lessons in my life. Um, it taught me so much about the strength of being a, a human and my power and certainly a lesson about people. I'm so proud of myself, what I was able to endure and I have a new outlook on people, especially the ones whom are new in my life, both personal and business. I always take a closer look and definitely proceed with caution because looks can certainly be deceiving. Um, today, I'm in a very happy place, <laughs> which you can't tell right now, but I am. <laughs> it's hard to dig up some of this stuff. 
and work is better than ever. I'm developing a new company as well. Um, and I believe that if I got through this, I can truly get through anything. Um, how did it feel reading that? It was easier to write, certainly, than it was to read aloud. I think, you know, as much as you think you can be like past something or past someone, or that was an old chapter of your life, you know, it's hard to dig that up. And it's really, I think I became sad, not about the person, just about what, how I felt, mm -hmm. you know, to like dig up those old emotions that I was battling, even though I was truly hiding it from everyone. Yeah. You know, I think that for me is kind of what I, what I do want to share because mm -hmm. so many of us, whether it's a relationship or anything in our life, we can bottle it up and we can hide. And from the surface, everything can look beautiful and so nice and perfect. And you never really know what someone's going through. Yeah. Take us back to that time when you were going through it. What really prevented you from telling anybody else? Was it the shame? Was there, you know, tell me. Like I would wake up one day and everything would go back to the way it was and the way I met him. I really did believe that. Mm -hmm. And I also thought that like Ashton Kutcher would like jump out and say, hey, Court, you're punked. <laughs> like this is all a joke. Um, I kind of thought that too, yeah. which is, it sounds silly, but I was really in denial about how I was so far over my head about who this person was. And there was so many lies and secrets, you know, I just, I bottled it up because it was too bad to mm. believe. And I kept like wanting to get out, but then I loved this person. Like mm. I just thought it would like be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it just kept getting worse. Yeah. And at what point did you really just, did you actually realize that you had had enough? Um, at the end, I found out this web of lies and including, um, just that he, he said he was a different religion. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, not to get into that conversation, but still it's like, if you're lying about even that, it's like, things are so far beyond, you know, there was, I would find, find out what one lie, and then I would kind of like put together the timing of things. Mm -hmm. And realized that probably there was another 20 lies around that. And I mean, you know, like this, this is just part of the story, but I really, I didn't even know the person that I was living with for yeah. three and a half years, basically. Yeah. He I could have been a stranger. Yeah. I have no idea. I, I always go back to this one saying, it, which is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a, a liar in business is a liar and personal life is a liar just in life. Right. <laughs> and, and I think that oftentimes we give people, we love the benefit of the doubt and we're like, Oh, it's no big deal. Like it's just a small white lie. Right. And, um, and I always try to remind myself of that when I spot red flags, when I, you know, when there's just like questionable behavior, I'm like, this is probably not the first time mm -hmm. that they've exhibited this sort yeah. of behavior. And I'm probably also not the first woman. You know, it's like I realized that all after when I was even noticing small red flags, like you yeah. said, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. That doesn't really make sense. And instead of trusting my intuition more, which is funny because I really do in business to yeah. people in personal, I was just like letting it slide. I was like, oh, sorry. Right. It's probably just weird. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I want to highlight like for the most of the listeners and the um, audience who 
don't know who you are on a personal level and might not know who you are on the business level is that you are such a powerhouse in business. Like you've worked with so many big brands, you're an active investor, you're like a tour mm-hmm. de force. And so people even hearing this story, like probably don't even understand the the strength of the juxtaposition that's happening here of what it's like, what did people see you as, you know, even as you were going through this? Well, I think, you know, and especially in terms of my business where I'm representing so many brands and building brands, you know, you have to be very often that face, you know, the face of whether it's dealing with the media or dealing with top stores or dealing with investors, whatever that may be, but you are the face representing them. So, you know, putting on that face and putting it on the best way that you know how to, that's what I do. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what I've taught myself how to do. So, you know, for me, for this to be happening in my personal life, it's like, you know, you can't, you can't show that, or at Mm -hmm. least like, you know, you can't falter. Yeah. And I think this is part of the reason that finally I'm ready to just sit here with you and tell the story because it's like, you know, no matter what we all, we all go through something, Yeah. you know, no, no matter how bad, good it is, but it teaches us, you know, so much when it's like a, a big magnitude that really shakes you to the core. Yeah, definitely. So going back to this idea of just like almost shame or guilt intermixed with needing to keep a straight, you know, straight and strong face mm-hmm. for the public versus how you were feeling. Um, I noticed that while you were reading it, it really started to hit you when you talked about yourself in the eye, mm-hmm. right? And it was less about him. So, right. And sadly, I think it was always more about me, mm. you know, because I always have been such a confident girl, confident person. And, and you know, it's in terms of the choices you make, in terms of the people that we deal with, the people that are our closest people. And when I started to realize that I had made such a mistake, you know, that was really affecting my being and affecting myself, that disappointment was what I couldn't take, Mm. you know, being like really angry at yourself. Like how could, like, I would just say, think, how did I do this? Like how for so long and how how long was that this whole journey with him three and a half years Mm. you know it's a considered thank god it was long (laughs) (laughs) and you were seriously considering like getting married starting a life with this person yeah I mean he was like I really really thought he was the one you know my choice Mm. and what do you think of the one and the concept of that Um, just being your, your equal in terms of, you know, you both making each other better, um, better people to strive harder to, you know, work harder to, and just, you know, being like each other's like comrade, adventuring, having fun, you know, I mean, really, ultimately, I just want to be with someone who I just really have fun with that when you're together, you feel like kids, Mm, you know, and then of course there's all the other stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which is a long list. We won't. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So in that three and a half years, just for context, like it looked like you were thriving on the outside. Well, I very much was thriving in terms of in terms of work and for show. You know, he was great arm candy and everyone just knew he was this financier Mm. that was with me. And for all appearances, we looked perfect together. You know, like no one knew that, you know, what that his life was going down the drain. I mean, yeah, 
And I think that just even you sharing this story is really significant because I know that especially in the age of social media and Instagram and like the highlight reel, that so many people probably are staying in things that make them unhappy because it looks good, right? Right, right. Well, and, and, you know, and to that, again, like you never, ever know what someone is going through. You know, people are very good. I, myself included, people are very good at like putting on the show, mm-hmm. you know, until, until I gained 20 pounds yeah. and then people were like, Court, what's going on? I mean, yeah. just, and there's nothing wrong with that, you yeah. know, but for me, it's like, you can kind of tell like something is like a little mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. just with me. After you broke this off, you mentioned that, you know, putting on weight, like really hurt you in terms of even just like confidence and like, like what, what else is happening? Like you were, you said you locked yourself in your room, you're just crying, but like, bring us back to that moment and like, well, and the weight, you know, and I just want to be very specific about this because gaining weight is normal, you know, gaining weight is like a normal thing of life. And like, you know, I know personally I'm 35 now, my body's a lot different than when I was 25 and that's fine. But it's more about the shame and treating mm-hmm. yourself badly. Mm-hmm. Like I was, it wasn't about the weight. It was about the fact that I was eating and drinking to fill a void because I was trying to fill myself with something that should have been taken care of a different way, yeah. you know, or the love that I was losing or, or you know, whatever that may mm-hmm. be. Um, but, you know, and just being depressed, like I was in like a serious depression and again, to the, to the world, I was like, you know, I could be crying for three hours and then like get myself ready in 30 minutes and like go to a big meeting, mm-hmm. you know, and just be like, oh, here I am. I'm great. I'm perfect. Yeah. Everything's wonderful. Yeah. Just to like bang it out, and, you know? Yeah. And how did you eventually catch yourself and realize that you were being self-destructive? Well, I knew that I was and I was yeah. dr- drinking way too much. No, I love my wine, <laughs> but when, when you drink sometimes in the morning and things yeah. like that, and you're vomiting, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was pretty, I didn't have to look too hard. Mm-hmm. It was pretty obvious. Yeah. But when did you decide to like even tell anyone else or decide that it was time for you to it's do just anything different? Time. Mm-hmm. It just was like, finally one day, it really felt like finally one day it just, well, it became less and less. The sadness, the pain Mm. became less and less. And then it just like started going away for good. And, but, and with the destructive behavior, I think for some reason that just started going away too, Mm. because time passes and, you know, I've, I've never not had friends and I've never not had things to do or not had like happy things. I think that's also what was hard for me to figure out. Like it, it seemed like, an immense amount of time for me to really get over this. Mm. And I was like, I would even say to my best girlfriends, like, why is it taking so long? Like, mm. I chose this. I know it's over. I'm over this. But like the pain would still be there. And like, it's just time has a funny way. I think mm. time is like a funny effect. Yeah. And when you look back on this, what what lessons have you learned? Well, to really look deep and hard at people, mm. I think for sure, and really get in and, and see the depth of someone and look at their core values and, and ethics and, you know, how they treat other people and, but how they really live and like it, 
you know, all of those things. Also, when you know something is so detrimental and bad for you, get out (laughs) or someone like get away fast. And even with a friendship, I mean, if it, if it's weighing on you or affecting you badly, like then unfortunately you just have to like let people go. You know, you can't, you can't, I'm, I'm always a helper. Like I do love to like help people. I'm very like philanthropic and all these things too, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you you can't help people who don't want to be helped. Yeah. And can't fix people. There's a, I always talk about energy, right? It's like this, you can feel bad energy, just like you can feel good energy, right? It's just like, you you just. Well, and even with this person, he was trying to force me away from the people who loved me and cared about me the most. And even, Mm -hmm. you know, I have very um, empathic people in my life and uh, he was trying to really like get me away Mm -hmm. from those people you know, which is also a red flag. When you see, like, imagine if you saw a girlfriend that you cared about who was going through the same situation that you were, what do you think you'd have to say to her, you know, to- Well, and I had that happen. I mean, the the two girls who knew that are like my best girlfriends, literally both of them threatened me and said, I can't see you this way anymore. I can't see you this way. I can't hear about one more thing. Like you need to get out, Courtney. Like you, I mean, my mother said, she's like, Courtney, you're going to die. Like if it's not by him, it's like going to be by yourself. Yeah. Like you, I mean, (laughs) which is, you know, pretty intense, but it was that bad. Like it was that bad. Um, which is, you know, it's, it's really scary to look back on. Yeah. And so was it those women in your life who, because of that threat, finally help you it was part of it but you know I think it's it's up to you yeah unfortunately I wish I would have listened to them a year in Mm. because they were kind of saying that a year in yeah you know I wish I would have listened sooner but it really I'm I'm stubborn yeah (laughs) yeah I always I tell my best girlfriends it's like if something's wrong for me and you can tell please tell me right and I know even if I don't want to hear it that I have now had enough experiences and seen enough trends in myself mm-hmm. and my girlfriends where they always know best, best yeah. especially when it's yeah. a, they're in an objective position, right? Because they, they know you, they've seen you. And so I have it as a filter for me. It's like, if my friends do not like this person, like who's, who's coming into my life, whether it's a romantic partner or even a business partner, mm-hmm. I I take that into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's something <laughs> it's like you should know, you know, yeah. you should listen. But I think yeah. that's something also that I learned even more so that, you know, you just need to listen. Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. So as you're going forward into like this next stage in your life, what are you really looking forward to? as it pertains to anything in your life and how has this experience uh, made you stronger? Well, I'm launching a new company and I can't tell you it'll be, it'll be like a year in development, but can't say too much about it publicly. Lisa will know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think just in terms of the strength, like I really feel like I'm bulletproof now. Mm. Um, and just that I can go into anything and really like I'm tough, like yeah. tough. Like if I got through this, you know, and, and 
even the battles within myself, you know, that I had to work out too, I'm still working out, but I'm tough and I can get through it. Yeah. You know, then yeah. that, that pertains to everything in life. Yeah. And with all of the women that I've had on the show and will continue to have on the show, it's like, it's the same thing over and over again, where it's like the strongest women have gone through the hardest yeah. things. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that because that's something that I see so much, like, yeah. you know, like all of my powerhouse girlfriends, you know, have gone through some pretty you know, miraculous things. And I think that's why it's even inspiring me today to talk about this. Whereas like, I've really, and even the way I was brought up, like I kind of was brought up in a way that like you push it under the rug, you know, stay a lady, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's, it's important. It's important for people to understand that they're not alone. And really like, you never know what someone's dealing with. You know, with that strength, how does it change the way you interact with people. I know one of the things you said is that you're more, you know, you're more aware, but did this experience in some way shape the way, like even perhaps the warmth that you give people or the willingness to give? Because I think it's always the hardest when you have had pain, Mm. you know, it's like people who experience pain, like inflict pain on others if they're not aware of what has happened. I think, well, I certainly... I'm sure I have new boundaries, but I always, I'm a true believer in that the pain and hurt we go through doesn't make us, you know, cold. Mm. Like I never want to be that person. Like, I think there's, there's a big separation between this person whom I dealt with, who was a bad person. You know, I can say that wholeheartedly, like bad, 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 (laughs) you know, but not everyone's like that, you know, and, and you just, have to really choose wisely to spend time with like the beautiful people and the people most like you Mm -hmm. um, and then weed out what's not like you or the people who don't, who don't compliment you in terms of everything. You know, I've had experiences with bad partners, um, business as well as personal. Mm -hmm. And I always, you know, bring it back to, relationships are a two-way street, right? It's like, as bad as that person was, I'm like, what it, What responsibility did I have in mm-hmm. this situation, yeah. right? Because yeah. I know that in my experiences that when I did attract those people, I was insecure. I doubted myself, you know, on the outside, I was killing it, but I attracted this person into my life because there was this part of me that was that energy was fundamentally mm-hmm. bringing them in and letting them take advantage mm-hmm. of me. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a deep one. This has been exactly what you've said has been something that I've been trying to figure out for a while. Mm-hmm. I can, I was also, when I met him, I was, I was going through a breakup also mm-hmm. with a business partner. So I was starting my current company, which is Courtney Daniels Consulting. But so when I met him, I was going through tremendous shifts of business and starting a new company. Um, so I think there was insurity. And I think I definitely was, there was a part of me that was very impressed by this person on paper, mm. you know, and I think I was going into something, you know, d- in terms of development and a new, like building an- another company. So there was the unsure of the next step for me. Yeah. Um, and he seemed so I, like a source of stability at that time. Right. Right. 
So I do think, and and the impressive, like being very impressive, like checked every single box mm. in terms of on paper what I was looking for. But luckily now, you know, I think when I look back at that and I was aware that I was attracting that energy, it's like you can take from it and learn and say, I'm not going to now take advantage of someone else yeah. when they're in a weak position. But yes. I think it takes a really strong person and a really strong woman to say, I went through all of this shit and now I am going to be the person who brings light, mm-hmm. not darkness, even though I experienced that darkness. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I think I think that's very important. Um, and that's something, you know, I strive to do, yeah. you know, all the time. It's like, you know, even with the, especially with friends, you know, we we strive to make each other happy, you know, to do like the little things for your friends that like bring us joy or like, you know, like little gifts or little like thoughts, Yeah, you know, that means so much. Yeah. And so what brings you joy today on a daily basis? It's part of, you know, my business as well, but I'm a, I love art so much. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly in galleries looking at art. Um, I purchase art as well, but art definitely and the creativity about looking at art brings me joy. Um, I paint, um, cool. as well. And just, that's not like, you know, I'm trying to do anything <laughs> with it, but just, you know, I think it's like a nice, like almost like a stress reliever. Mm. I play the violin. Oh, wow. So, and that's been something like I have gotten back out just to, again, like make music. Mm. And I think, you know, music is an expression with music is so good for the soul. Mm. Um, I love to take bubble baths. <laughs> I'm talking about all the personal things, but, you know, in terms of business, it's like, if you have any good win for a client or personally something, you know, I have goals every week that I'm trying to achieve for myself, for my Mm -hmm. clients. Um, so any big win in terms of business, um, is, you know, obviously makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that you started with the personal joys. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause we, and we have to, I think again, something about my story, this story is that, you know, if your personal life is a disaster, it's like, how can you really be your best business self? Mm -hmm. You can't, you know, I think that was also really hard for me to realize too. I'm like, Courtney, you know, even now I'm like, it was, it was weird because at the time my business had started booming because I put everything into that, Mm. you know, because I was so scared. I think that something would happen that really it would, you know, start going down the tubes or something. Mm. So it didn't, but now that's over. It's like now, now I can see the difference. It's like as clear as day, even from before. Yeah. It's, and it's crazy how that, it's like your vision gets clearer and just sharper. Yeah. I, I have that feeling often when I go through, well, now when I go through tough situations, I am much quicker to to shift a gear in my brain where I say, Oh my God, I'm so glad this is happening. Ooh, yeah. You know, yeah. And it's like, I'm like, what am I going to learn from this? Yeah. You know, <laughs> Which is a really like counterintuitive way yes. to think about, like if you're going through something really difficult and traumatic or just toxic in your life and you're like, I'm going to learn from this. You know? Well, <laughs> and I, I hope I can say this, but when, 
we were originally talking yeah. about me coming on the podcast. Yeah. And I had a couple initial ideas that I ran by you. And you said, you know, again, Lisa and I are friends as well. So she knew she knew a little bit about this. Um, and she said, she's like, you know, I think you really need to dive into that relationship and, and what it brought you. And I'm so glad you did because yeah. I was trying still to still hide it mm-hmm. or not go there Yeah, because I didn't know if I would truly be ready. So, you know, just like we're saying, yeah. this is something that was truly, you know, a great thing. It's like another, okay, it's all out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's a lightness to it, yeah. right? When you let yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, well, I'm super happy that you shared this and it's, it's very clear to me. And I think very clear to everyone else who's listening and watching that you have learned from this and become much stronger. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So last question for you. What does it mean to you to be a woman? To be a woman means that I'm a source of empowerment, that I'm a source of strength, that I'm a source of do it all because we really have to. (laughs) And I I haven't even had kids yet. (laughs) God. (laughs) Um, and, and all while we're doing it, look yes. fabulous, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, thank you again. Thank you for listening to Her Voice. At The Glow, we believe that her voice matters. We're redefining the cultural narrative one voice at a time. If you have a story or a struggle that you want to share, head over to theglow.org. I'm here for you to listen, to guide, or just to hold space. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love your support with a review on the iTunes store. Take a screenshot and share your favorite quote on Instagram or Twitter at Glow Voices. And you can find me at Lisa Wang Wins. Never forget, your voice matters.